0: Our worship is not based on circumstances this week. It's based on the knowledge and the belief that God, you are a faithful friend that's thicker closer than a brother. We worship you, Lord, and honor you. Hallelujah! Everybody said, Praise the, "Praise the Lord." Amen. So good to see all of you in the house of the Lord today, and so good to be in His presence once again to know that we have that assurance. Though the walls may not have fallen yet, God is still on the throne. What a faithful God he is. Amen. I turn your attention this morning to the book of Romans chapter 12, and we begin our reading in verse 1. Romans chapter 12, reading verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want to talk this morning in line with our theme for 2019, the month of January. As we have focused on renew and what that means the lord can do it all again he can make it all brand new again but today we want to talk on the renewing of your mind the renewing of your mind would you bow your heads and pray with me lord what a privilege it is once again to be in your house thank you for the opportunity to worship you we ask you lord that you would help us now as we receive your word to allow our spirits and our hearts and especially our minds to be renewed by your word. We recognize that, God, you are actively involved in all of our lives. You're not far off, out of reach, or out of touch, but you're as close as the mention of your name. And we call upon that precious name, the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. It's interesting in the scripture that it says that When we present our bodies as a living sacrifice acceptable unto god which is our reasonable service that we would not be conformed to this world but that we would be transformed and that that would happen by the renewing of our mind once our mind is renewed then we can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god until your mind is renewed it's hard to even know what is good before your mind is renewed you think getting drunk with your buddies is good but until your mind is renewed you recognize how sad that is until your mind has been renewed you think getting high on heroin or marijuana is somehow good but until your mind is renewed you don't really know what good is I was uh, witnessing to one of the attorneys that we're working with on this, this case of these children that died on Interstate 75, and I told him I said, "You're going to be speaking in tongues before this case is over." In fact, I got him a seat front and center next week at Because of the Times in Alexandria, Louisiana, on Tuesday night, so be praying for my good friend Tony that he received the Holy Ghost. But he said, Now, preacher, if you get me down there getting the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues and all that, do I have to give up drinking with my buddies and everything? And I said, You're going to get drunk on that new wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hallelujah. How many of you are glad for that new wine? Give you a new way of thinking, and a new way of walking, and a new way of talking. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Somebody that wants to serve the devil and the lust of the flesh and all of that and think that is good, man, you forgot how miserable you were when you were out there. But now that your mind has been renewed, you know what is good and acceptable and even what the perfect will of God is. You recognize, hallelujah, that everything that's good in your life is the direct result of a good God that has blessed you. It wasn't your own doing. If it wasn't for the Lord, you'd have been gone a long time ago. But you're here today in the house of God because He's a good God. There's this transformation, this renewing of your mind that takes place we accept the fact that our our heart can deceive us we know the bible says that that your heart is deceitful above all things we know that just going by our feelings and emotions we can get in trouble but it's a harder concept for us to embrace that our minds can become distorted and misleading the bible says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man but the end thereof are the ways of death seems like the right thing to do your mind tells you that it's the right thing to do there's a way that seemeth right it seemeth good but the end thereof are the ways of death so our minds can play tricks on us just like our hearts can play tricks on us and there are numerous different syndromes that that illustrate this principle but allow me to just mention a few There is something that's called the Stockholm Syndrome, and that's a psychological response that causes hostages to develop an alliance with their captors and to identify closely with his or her agenda or demands as a self-defense survival strategy during captivity. But it often will even continue after the captivity as the former hostage cannot just turn off the compassion or the empathy that they have for their captors. The name of the syndrome is derived from a a botched bank robbery in Stockholm, Sweden where hostages begin to embrace and become sympathetic to their captors. This is not something that's just confined in the natural world. I believe even the children of Israel suffered from the Stockholm syndrome before it was the Stockholm syndrome. They got delivered out of Egypt, 400 years of slavery, Got through the Red Sea, had a big shouting service, got the law, presence of God, wells of living water coming up out of the ground, low flying manna, the original fast food restaurant in the desert. And they started thinking about how good it was in Egypt. Are you kidding me? You used to come home every night with your back bleeding. From the whips of your captors, they said, Oh, we want to go home. They got flesh pots there, they got all kinds of pots with meat in them. But did you realize the trauma that you were in? Why would you want to return to your captivity? I just want to say this for whatever it's worth you got to have a hole in your brain to want to go back to the world after God has delivered you from sin. Are you kidding me? Oh, I wish I could go back. I just missed all the party. And Are you kidding me? You used to be so miserable. You sitting on a bar stool trying to pick up somebody. You left lonely and miserable. And if you didn't leave lonely and miserable, you were lonely and miserable the next day. And now God has given you joy and peace and purpose. Are you kidding me? There's nothing in that world that's worth losing out for. you got to get a renewing of your mind when i think of the goodness of jesus i've come to tell you today the worst day serving god is better than the best day in that world You get this stockholm syndrome we want to go back over there and start looking around the edges of it god has delivered you run God has freed you from jail. Why would you buy a condominium right next door to the front gate of the jail? People that get out of Sharps don't buy a house across the street from Sharps where the jail is Sharps. You're going to go find somewhere else to live that's a long ways away. But yet God has delivered you from sin and you want to build a condo right across the street from sin. You ought to get as far as way as you can, as far as east is from the west, as far as the north is from the south. You said, I don't even, God, I'm not even going to hang out in that area. I'm not even going to go to them parties. I'm not even hanging out with them people. Why? Because I'm so thankful that God has delivered me. There's nothing romantic about sin. There's nothing beautiful about sin. Get new places. Get new friends. Get a new way of thinking. that will happen until your mind is renewed. There's the erotomanic disorder. This is when somebody is suffering from a delusional disorder where they believe that another person, often somebody important or somebody famous or somebody that's in the media, but they get to believe that that person is in love with them, though they've never met them. And that that person may attempt to contact the object of the delusion. And so this is where you get all kinds of stalking behaviors and all this craziness that goes on when people get fascinated with somebody in the in the public eye you remember that guy john hinckley that shot president reagan he he got fascinated you know with who was it Jodie foster an actress and and all this stuff and so he thought i know how i'll impress her i'll shoot the president i'm talking about a brain that has gone wacko. and i know that's an extreme example but people get these disorders the brain can play tricks on you The brain can play tricks on you, make you think that you're saved, though you don't ever go to church. (laughs) Well, I'm doing the best I can, preacher. Well, I'm going to tell you what, the best you can do is not good enough. It's not about what you can do. It's about what God can do and will do. A grandiose disorder, this is where a person, this type of disorder has an overinflated sense of worth, power, knowledge or identity. The person might believe that he or she has a great talent or has made an important discovery and they don't know why anybody else can't see the greatness that they are. So they do something extreme which is where you have mass murders and all this craziness because they, everybody ought to see who I am and what I can do and nobody else sees it. It's the brain has created some sort of a disorder and all of this stuff is pumped and fueled by sin but I'm glad that God doesn't just leave us to wallow around in our sinful condition he doesn't just save us and say now if you're a good boy or a good girl you got a great insurance policy when you die you're going to go to heaven and they got streets of gold he gives us what we need so that we can live every day in this life successful You don't have to live every day trying to recover. You are an overcomer. At some point, you're not recovering, you're thriving. At some point, you're not just making it, but you are an overcomer in Christ Jesus the Lord. Every day you get up, you're a child of God. You're not just surviving, you're thriving. There's all kinds of delusions and disorders that stem from false information from the mind. Suffice it all to say this, and I said all that just to get to this one point. The mind can deceive us just as much as our heart. And we recognize that the mind is the battlefield for Satan. So it is important that our mind have a renewal. That our brains get baptized. You don't even want to know everything going through my brain right now. You've got to get your brain baptized. When God saves you, he changes your way of thinking. You used to think it was crazy to go to church. Now you're in church lifting up your hands saying bless the Lord on oh my soul and all that it is." You used to think everybody that went to church was crazy. Now you think everybody that doesn't go to church is crazy. (laughs) I'm so glad he transforms our thinking. It's the renewing of our mind. It's not that you get a new brain. You're still dealing with the same cranium up there. But he renews your thinking gives you a new way of thinking oh i'm so thankful for that when we receive the holy ghost we receive a new spirit we know that but it's more than just a heavenly presence it's a renewed way of thinking let's read some scripture second timothy 1 7 for god hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind everybody say a sound mind A sound mind. We understand the power of God. He's not giving us a spirit of fear, but a power. We understand that. We understand the love of God. But I believe one of the biggest blessings of serving God is the opportunity to have a sound mind. Now, this is not IQ-based. This is not intelligence quota. This is understanding. This is wisdom. This is clarity of judgment. I I used to be so befuddled when I was in law school with some of the brightest i had tremendous opportunities to study in summer programs under u.s supreme court justices scalia and rehnquist and go to oxford and all this stuff and it was all god that did it because i'm not that smart but god just opened up all these doors and so i got to rub shoulders with all of these these uh young people and some of them were a little older but they all were very bright had great cognitive skills but they made some of the stupidest decisions For instance, I'll give you an example. Here we are in Trinity College in Dublin, Ireland, studying under Antonine Scalia, a sitting U.S. Supreme Court justice. And so you would think that you would stay up half the night reading and studying so that you could interact with a Supreme Court justice. No! That's not what 99% of the class did. 99% of the class took advantage of the Temple Bar area, which is an area in downtown Dublin that has 714 pubs in a three-mile radius. So all night, the kids were all out getting drunk. Guess who was in his little room studying all these different constitutional cases? David Ellis Myers. (laughs) So every morning, Scalia would say, Myers you briefed the case you're the only one that didn't go out drinking last night well guess what happened by the time the class was over David Ellis Myers who was probably the least intelligent one of the entire group booked the class because I had the good sense to realize if you get a chance to study under a supreme court justice you don't go out drinking every night (laughs) what are you talking about when God gives you a renewing of your mind you're able to get a fresh perspective you're able to know what's important and what's not important it doesn't matter how much money you make in this world what matters is how do you live your life you understand the value of character and integrity and doing the right thing regardless of who's watching i got to hurry. Second Chronicles 10.3 For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Do you understand these key words? Understanding, imaginations, knowledge, thought. What's the common denominator to all of that? It all has to do with the mind. Ah! So there's a spiritual battle that's going on with the mind. That's why you gotta be careful what you feed the mind. You're not gonna be able to have a spiritual nature if you feed your mind carnal input. You can't watch a bunch of garbage all week long, watch a bunch of movies with people taking the name of the Lord in vain, a bunch of pornography, a bunch of perversion, listening to a bunch of people and seeing all kinds of shows and music that somehow fan and, and want to glor- make it some sort of glorious event, adultery and infidelity and... And put that stuff all in your brain over and over and over again to the week, and then come to the house of God on Sunday, and you want God to move like some sort of tinker bell with pixie dust. You don't it doesn't work that way. Like there's some kind of magic wand that God's going to put over you when you ain't been nothing but carnal all week long, and you come to the house of God and you want God to resolve you. I'm going to tell you something. You better make up in your mind. If I want to be spiritual, I got to have some spiritual input. I got to, ah, I got to get in the Word of God. I got to get a prayer life. I got to renew my thinking. let me hurry the first step toward the renewing of your mind is to have a willing mind that's the first thing that's required is a willing mind 2 Corinthians 8.12 for if there be first everybody say first a willing mind is accepted according to that a man hath and not according to that he hath not first thing you got to do is have a willing mind I don't understand it all, but I'm willing. Here I am, God. I don't understand why I've had this this week, that that week, whatever going on at your home, your job, your whatever family. But guess what? I still believe that God is on the throne. They were just singing about The walls haven't fallen yet, but God is still on the throne. I'm still going to get ready and come to the house of God. Everything hadn't been as I thought it would be. I don't understand God's purpose in this, but I'm still willing. I said, I'm still willing. I'm still willing to believe. I'm still willing to worship. I'm still willing to serve. Here I am, God. I'm still a willing vessel unto you. I wish I could show you a text I had. I got just a few days ago from one of the parents of one of these children that died on Interstate 75. And she said, I don't understand why... The Lord took our children, but I just believed that he had a higher purpose. There was a higher purpose for it. He needed them for his work, and I look forward to the future, seeing how God's going to use this to bring glory to his kingdom. You don't get there. I said you don't get there on just your own natural carnal emotions. No, there has to be a spiritual transformation. There's got to be a renewing of the mind. Everything the devil wants to put in your brain all week long so that you come to the house of God be offended or not come or be hurt or have a wounded spirit and somehow affect your praise. But you're here anyhow, and you got your worship hope. You said, I come to the house of God to bless the Lord anyhow. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, he's been too good for me. He's done so much for me. i'm willing next thing you got to have is you got to have a ready mind everybody say a ready mind mind. you can have a willing mind but not have a ready mind nicodemus came he had a willing mind but he wasn't ready mind he was i want to discover i want to explore we know god that you're doing these miracles we know he didn't call him god he called him rabbi we know you're of god we just don't have the revelation that you are god we just want to explore more about it. He said, Nicodemus, you gotta be born again. Well, now he wants to put it into a scientific flowchart. Well, how can a man be born again when he's born out of his mother's room and entered a second time? No, Nicodemus wrong about a spiritual new birth, not a natural new birth. Gotta be willing and ready. He was willing, but he wasn't ready yet. The rich young ruler that came to the Lord was willing, but he wasn't ready yet. God always causes us to a point of action. We're willing, but are you ready? Lord, I've followed your commandments since I was a youth. Go and sell all that you have. Give it to the poor. I've got to think about it. The Bible said he turned away sorrowfully. Not ready. Willing, but not ready. It's one thing to have a willing mind, but it's another thing to have a ready mind to say, I'm ready. Today is the day of salvation. I'm ready right now. you got to have a ready mind. You go on the internet and you shop around and look for stuff. you got a willing mind. You're shopping, you're looking, you're interested, but you're not ready yet to send your credit card to them. And they know that. They know there's a big gap between willing and ready. So then every time you come on the computer, they show little pictures of, we know what you was looking at. We know what you're interested in. We're still here. Four days only. 24 hours only. to get you from willing to ready Acts seventeen eleven. these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word wait a second before we get to it these were more noble than those in Thessalonica Thessalonica willing but not ready but these were more noble in that they received the word with all readiness of mind I'm ready for a change I'm ready right now I don't have to wait for more convenient season I ain't waiting for Easter to get here I don't have to wait till grandma comes and watches me get baptized I'm ready right here right now today I'm ready I'm tired of living this way I'm tired of thinking wrong acting wrong living wrong I'm ready I'm going to tell you what there's a God in heaven that's looking to know is there anybody ready search the scriptures daily whether those things were so so many times we are our own worst enemy in receiving what god would have for us because we fear rejection we fear rejection it's what keeps us in willing but not ready it's what keeps us in that no man's land between the two we're willing we believe god we believe the word we believe acts 238 you believe it? I believe it. Teach a Bible study. I got to think about it. <laughs> it's awesome, you know, Brother Hayes, Brother Scott, and all them altar workers down there praying people through the Holy Ghost. How many we got this year, Pastor? That's beautiful. That's awesome. We need some more prayer warriors. We need some more altar workers. Eh, let me think about it. get quiet now, isn't it? Yeah. So you got to move it from theory into practicum. That's where it gets uncomfortable. God is calling us in 2019 to a place of readiness of mind. Now, why do we struggle with readiness of mind? Fear of rejection. It paralyzes us. I say to you today, I reject the spirit of rejection, I reject the fear of rejection. The fear of the rejection keeps us from witnessing because we don't want to be rejected. We want to tell somebody about the Lord, but we don't want to make fun of us or reject us or tell us we're an idiot. So we keep our mouth shut. And we justify it. I know Aunt Betty needs a Holy Ghost. I know she's smoking three packs like a chimney, but I don't want to say anything to her and upset her because she's in charge of the macaroni and cheese at Thanksgiving time. She may slip something in it. (laughs) Fear of rejection. Churches don't even give altar calls anymore. Because they're fearful of rejection. Don't even want to take up an offering anymore. If you want to give a little something, we'll put the plate in the back. Put something in it when you go out. If you want to they've heard media pump all the churches and preachers are all a bunch of money grubbers so nobody wants to buy that so the fear of that keeps the church from following biblical principles that says give and it shall be given unto you i don't care what you think of me i'm gonna keep preaching the bible if you want to be blessed you need to pay your tithes i don't apologize for telling you what thus saith the word of god I don't care if only one person comes to the altar. We're going to keep on saying, hey, if you want to know the Lord, come to the altar. If you want to be saved, you must repent of your sins. If you want to go to heaven, you must be baptized. Let me hurry. Paul got a renewing of his mind when he was saved in acts 26 when Paul was finally given an opportunity to speak for himself in Caesarea before King Agrippa. Some people believe it was at least two years that he waited in Caesarea by the sea before King Agrippa, who was king of the Jews, and Festus, who was the Roman governor, the representative of the Roman government there in the Holy Land area. He waited at least two years. Finally they said, "Come on up in here, Paul and Paul stands there before the Roman governor and before King Agrippa, and he stands there in this royal palace and they said, "You can speak for yourself now." He He's had two years to work on his testimony. You'd think he'd be real polished, you know. You'd think, you'd think he'd be real clever. But Paul learned it a long time ago when he went up there at Mars Hill in Athens, Greece and he presented this beautiful sermon the, the unknown God but there was only a few that got saved as he made his way down the Corinth. He made up in his mind, I'm tired of trying to win people with clever speech. I've come to you in the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. He said, I don't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom. I come to you is the power of the Holy Ghost. From that moment forward, he never backed up. He began to give his testimony. You ought to read about it in Acts 26. He's giving his testimony. He's talking about how God saved him, knocked him down off his horse as he was riding Damascus, on the road to Damascus. And, and the Lord spoke to him and said, Saul, Saul, I persecuted thou me. And he goes through this whole thing and he's giving it and he's getting passionate about it. He's telling him how God saved him and what he's doing and, and all of this. And finally the Roman governor, he can't handle it anymore. He's not used to somebody. He's used to people standing in front of him shaking in their boots. Paul's up there. I can just see him. His hands are waving and He's pointing. And he's pointing to them. And he's pointing. And he's talking about God and all that. Finally, Festus, the governor of Rome. He couldn't handle it anymore. Paul! You are beside yourself. Much learning doth make thee mad. You've done lost it. I told him in the first service when I was in law school, they had a cassette tape. You remember the cassette tapes that went around throughout my law school class that somebody had gotten hold of something in a sermon that was... Preached there by me at one of our church's services and they kind of, people they when I come into the law school, when I come into class, they'd all look at me like this. I said, What's the matter with everybody? They said, That tape of you preaching made its way all the way around the classroom. One girl come up to me and she said, Do you bite heads off of chickens? Somebody else said, Do y'all handle snakes down there? One guy said, I listened to the tape there, uh, David, and uh, you're, you sound like an angry young man. <laughs> How do you convince people that don't have a regenerated mind? You can't, you've got to have a renewing of your mind. We're not supposed to preach the gospel with fervor and with enthusiasm. But you can go out to one of them football games that's 20 below zero and not wear a shirt, paint a big letter on your chest and stand up there and look like an idiot and that's okay. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful camera swimming around? Look how dedicated they are to their team. <laughs> well, I'm dedicated to my team and the quarterback is Jesus. Amen. Because the New Orleans Saints didn't save me and the Miami Dolphins certainly didn't save me and there's nothing in this world that an athlete can do for you but there is a God, hallelujah, that loved you before you were born. He knew your name in your mother's womb. He died for your sins. He transformed our thinking. Paul, you're beside yourself. Paul looked at him and said, I'm not mad. I speak the words of truth and soberness. I'm not drunk. I'm sober and I'm in my right mind. And I'm speaking the words of truth. But then I love what, <laughs> I love what Paul did. This ought to be what we do. For those of you that have had a renewing of your mind, it seems like madness to teach and preach under the anointing of God, I say to you today, don't change anything. Right. Paul did not back away. He did not fear rejection. He didn't even fear prison. Even though he had been rebuked by Festus, he simply turns to Agrippa and says, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Somebody thinks you're crazy? Go on to somebody else. This thing is not about you and me. It's about Him. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men nigh unto me. Come on, somebody. If you and I will say, it's not about who we are. It's not about what we look like. It's about lifting up the name of Jesus. If I will declare His glory. If I will bless the Lord, all my soul. He's going to pour out His Spirit. The hand of God is going to be here. You didn't get a tape from Monday night. Brother Chris Green's testimony. You need to get it. tape. Now there's no tape. Sorry. DVD or CD or whatever they do. Or just go on your app. You can watch it. It's on your app. You need to see the Monday night service. of Brother Chris Green giving his testimony of how he was raised and how God restored him and renewed his mind. You ought to get a tape of it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not by accident that when we come into this house, we come and we feel God. God's spirit is like the wind. It comes and goes wherever it listed. I'm thankful we can feel his spirit today, but there's no guarantee we'll feel it tonight or tomorrow or next week. So every day we come into his house, we ought to come with a revelation. It's time to bless the Lord. It's not about what I can receive. It's not about whether the preacher pleases me or the choir pleases me. It's not about seeing or being seen. It's about bless the Lord. You've been so good. I'm thankful for you, God. So a willing mind, a ready mind, the third thing is a humble mind. Acts 20, 19. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the laden weight of the Jews. This humility of mind is the key. This is what makes you thankful. So thankful for what God's done. I don't deserve to be here, God, but you have kept me. You have been so good to me, Lord. Humility, my friend, is what spurs on praise. Humility of the mind is the incubator for praise. I don't deserve it, but I'm thankful. It'll make you thankful. I said, it'll make you thankful. There's something about people that'll bless the Lord. If you're having a hard time praising God, it's because you're having a pride problem. You can't praise God while you think you're all that in a bag of chips. You've got to realize I'm nothing without God. And then praise will just flow out of your mouth. It all starts with the mind. You've got to recognize I don't deserve it. I'm not entitled to it. But I'm thankful. You've been so good to me, God. Let me just say this for what it's worth. I didn't accept him. He accepted me. Once we get our mind renewed through the washing of the word, combined with the determination to be willing, ready, and humble, then we get one mind. Romans 15, 6, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.10. let me read it again. I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind. When you've got humility of mind and you've got readiness of mind and you've got willingness of mind, then what happens is uh, you get the same mind. Woo! Hallelujah. To have a sound mind, you've got to have the same mind. If I got some brain cells up here that are going rogue, I'm going to have trouble up here. It's not going to be so sound. Well, he's good most of the time. But keep an eye on him. If he goes on the Daniel fast, he may lose it. If <laughs> he don't have his coffee or his sugar or whatever. You can be mostly sound. And not be sound at all. Yeah. Sound is when everybody's working together up there. What are we doing today? we go going to the house of God. Let's do it. Get ready. Get cleaned up. What are we going to do? We're going to sing the songs of Zion. We're going to play, pray. We're going to say, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Hallelujah. To have a sound mind, you've got to have a sane mind. That's why Paul said to the church in Philippi, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded. Amen. Having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. If you aren't like-minded, you're blind-minded. 2 Corinthians 4.4 In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine upon them. Colossians 1.21 And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind Everybody say, "in in your mind. By wicked works. Yet now hath he reconciled. Alienated means apart. Reconciled means to be reconnected. This is how your mind is renewed. It is reconciled. It is reconnected back to its creator. Sin alienates you. Your mind, your spirit, your heart, your flesh, your desires, sin alienates you from a holy God. But when you get a new mind, you get reconciled. You get reconnected. Now you're like-minded. Hallelujah. Now you've got the mind of Christ. Second Timothy 1, seven. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of the sound mind. Why is that? Because they all got in one mind. Can I say something to you today? The enemy is in the business of dividing dividing the church don't buy into all of this garbage that's on television that wants to divide republicans from democrats shut down from no shutdown wall from no wall black from white you've got to forget all that stuff there is no respecter of persons don't buy into all of this stuff like, oh, i've got fords and he drives gmc's or i bring a galaxy he's got an iphone or i'm an apple man he's an ibm man. it doesn't matter Jesus Christ is the common denominator that brings us all together. Paul said, I'm neither Jew nor Greek. He even went so far as to say neither male nor female. He said, neither bond nor free. He said, here's what it is. We're all the same in Christ Jesus. We got one vibe, and we're in one accord. It matters not if you speak Spanish or English. we are still got one mind. It doesn't matter if you're hearing pair or you can hear perfectly good. We're all one mind. We're all one body. And the Holy Ghost didn't fall in Acts 2 until they all got in one mind. First thing they did was have a business meeting. Then they had a prayer meeting. Probably should have reversed that. They had a business meeting... They drew lots and all that, and they picked Matthias to fill Judas' spot. Some of them maybe didn't like that. So now we got to pray for the Holy Ghost. Now we got to pray for this comforter that's going to come. And I can just see the first day or two, Peter or John or somebody didn't like it. You say, how do you know? Because any time there's an election, somebody don't like it. <laughs> so they said, well, let's all pray. And I can just see that first day. Oh, Lord, send the comforter. I can't believe they picked Matthias. What were they thinking? I couldn't be of God. Somebody rigged that vote. Have they seen Matthias' his wife? There's no way God's going to bless this. Oh, God, send the comforter. Send the comforter. Matthias doesn't even pay his taxes. How's God... you say oh pastor that didn't happen why did it take seven days of praying before the holy ghost fell do you think heaven is slow like you know some sort of a delay he's an on-time god he was waiting on them to get all in one mind Finally, after the second day, someone said, I'm tired of worrying about Matthias. By the third day, come on, somebody pray. By the fourth day, somewhere around there, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one mind. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Let me tell you what, when the body of Christ gets in one mind. You've been so good to me, Lord. I say thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind, filled all the house where they were sitting. They all filled the Holy Ghost. Begin to speak in other tongues. It's time for our minds to be renewed. You're not a sinner. You're a believer. You're not a failure. You are an overcomer. You are not defeated. You are victorious. Come on, I'm going to get my mind renewed. You're not going down. You're going over. You're not a victim. You're a victor. Come on, somebody. It's time to claim your inheritance. I am a child of God. I am the apple of God's eye. I am a chosen generation. I am a royal priesthood. Would you stand to your feet this morning? I wonder if you would lift your hands and your voice right now. And I wonder if you'd call out to God. And would you say, Lord, I'm asking you right now, renew my mind, renew my mind. Renew my mind. Renew my mind. Yalo bo shoko darala bo satarabaya. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You know, when the Holy Ghost was poured out, the Bible says they were all filled with the Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. The Bible says they were dwellers of Mesopotamia and pontus cappadocia asia there were all these people from all different countries they were all there for the the feast of pentecost big time festival 50 days after the passover when they celebrated jubilee they begin to hear this 120 people in this upstairs room and spill down into the streets and they gathered around because they could hear their own language being spoken on the bible lists there Acts 1, Acts 2, all those different nationalities, it's clear that not everybody was speaking the same language but yet there was a oneness to it all there was a sameness to it all because it was the Spirit of God renewing all of their minds how else can you explain the actions of Peter who denied the Lord three times but yet after he's filled with the Holy Ghost He's fearless. Going into the temple. Praying for a man who's lame. Standing up to the Sanhedrin. They took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Made it very clear they couldn't stop teaching and preaching the name of Jesus. Where was that transformation? It was in that upper room when they were all speaking in tongues. Filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't know what broken bodies, broken lives, broken emotions that may be represented here this morning. God does. But I know that there's one Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And when we submit our human spirit to that Holy Spirit, there's a God that wraps His arms of love around us, changes our perspective, Begins a work that where before you couldn't see, but now you can feel it and know it. I know my Redeemer liveth. How do you know that, Job? I just know because He's renewed my mind. Took me a while to understand the hurt and the pain. Took me a while to get over blaming God. Took me a while to get over the anger, but I know my Redeemer liveth. And when I am tried, I'm going to come forth as pure gold. Come on, somebody. There's a God right now that's going to bring you through. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to step out from where we're standing. You remember we stated at the beginning of this message that coming to the Lord requires action. It's not a passive gospel. It requires us moving to Him. You had to get up and get ready to come to church today You moved toward him When we come to an altar we move toward him There's something I want us to do here today before we leave And I believe there's going to be a mass healing Physical, emotional, spiritual Everybody that comes down I want you to just come Those of you that are coming down you, Maybe you just stopped at the front of the aisle If you don't mind just coming all the way down to the front There's a lot of people wanting to get in behind you They can't always get there You don't mind just pushing forward I want to give everybody a chance to come down because here's what I feel to do in the Lord. If you have received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, let me just say this for whatever it's worth. If you've ever prayed for anybody and they've been healed, that gift will always be with you. The only thing that stops it is just our own fear and our own human emotion. If you've ever prayed anybody through to the Holy Ghost, you can always pray somebody through to the Holy Ghost. If you've ever taught a Bible study, you can always teach a Bible study. If you've ever spoken tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance, that's a gift that's without repentance. Uh, it's always right there. So here's what I want us to do in just a moment. If you've received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I want us for just a moment to pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, to somebody that doesn't understand this, it's not going to make sense. It may sound like mumble jumbo. And if you've never received the Holy Ghost, I'm going to ask you to just lift your hands and praise God in your own language. But I believe that if we will do this right now in the name of Jesus Christ, that God's presence will come down just like it did in the upper room, just like it does whenever you and I are gathered in this house. And once again, you're going to feel the touch of God. And you're going to know He's renewing your mind. He is at work. Though you don't see it, God is already at work. So I'm going to just trust in Him. Would you do that now, saints of God? Would you lift your hands? Would you pray in the Holy Ghost? Iko darobosata. Iya darobosata la la bahaya. I olobo ko ko olobo si. Iya diya ko ko olobo ko You know what in am talking about? You know what I'm renewing of my mind God's got it God's got it God's got it I'm not going to worry I'm not going to fear any longer I'm going to walk in the boldness of the Holy Ghost
1: we the...